It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Reds fans, and what's going on, baseball fans? Welcome into the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. Hashtag first listen. Locked On Reds, of course, is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Jeff Gar. On today's podcast, why the trade was good for Tucker Barnhart. We got a bunch of stuff that Nick Cross said in a Zoom conference that has me scratching my head, and we're just going to sum it all up up and figure out what it all means here at the end of today's podcast. But I thank you for joining me. Make sure that you're following me on your favorite podcasting app right here on the Lockdown Reds podcast. That way you don't miss anything we've got for you this off season. All right, let's get started. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, it was a trade that was quick. Yeah, I mean, we talked about that yesterday with the Locked On Tigers host, Scott Bentley. I appreciated Scott getting the chance to join me. But as we looked at the trade for the Reds and the Tigers, not something that we really covered was what it meant for Tucker Barnhart himself. We're going to talk about that real quickly here in segment one before I get to all of the stuff that Nick Crawl said that had me scratching my head. You're not going to miss that because kind of break down the entire uh, zoom conference that he had. But first I want to talk about why this was a good move for Tucker Barnhart. Let's make no mistake about it. He was getting squeezed out, not because of his lack of ability, but because of Tyler Stevenson and his mammoth potential. Tyler Stevenson showed this year, that he can be amazing, that he can be an all-star type catcher, especially when you look at his bat. One thing that Tucker Barnhart only did one time after taking over the everyday, or not everyday, but you know the catcher one duties, was he only had one season where he slugged over 400, and it was under 410 back in 2017. He was not a slugging machine. Even though he did hit his home runs from here, you know, sometimes every so often, but for the most part, he wasn't a hitting catcher. He was a defensive catcher. He was a guy who was the general of a pitching staff, the guy who led a bunch of young guys and helped them develop their pitching acumen. So when we look at Tyler Stevenson, I believe that he can become that. He can become a good defensive catcher, but he's going to add that to the ability to hit. And maybe, who knows, maybe he moves positions later on and he's not a catcher, he's a first baseman or something like that, but he is going to be a key bat in the middle of this lineup and you had to find a way to get him in the lineup way more than they got him in the lineup this past season and this was a way to do it. Plus, personally, for Tucker Barnhart, this is important for him because he wasn't going to be catcher one here. Regardless if they picked up his option and they paid him seven and a half million, he was going to be catcher two. If they somehow did some sort of deal where he became a free agent, but they signed him for less than seven and a half million dollars, he was still going to back up Tyler Stevenson. That is now what the Reds are looking for. They are looking for the backup 
to Tyler Stevenson. They are not looking for the guy who is going to 50-50 platoon with him. They're not looking for the guy who's going to 60-40 platoon with him. It should be like some kind of 70-30 split, 80-20, something like that. Because Tyler Stevenson needs to be in this lineup. And for Tucker Barnhart personally, he's still, I mean, this last season was his best season of his career. So he's still got the chops, man. He's still ready to play. So I'm happy for him that he's going up to the Tigers, a team that really needed some catching help. And he's going to be their dude behind the plate. Tucker reacted to the trade via Zoom conference with Detroit media and Cincinnati media alike. It is it is bittersweet, but it is one of those things where, in my opinion, for me uh, professionally and, and for my my family personally, this is this, this is a wonderful thing for us. Um, and and I think the best version of Tucker Barnhart on the baseball field is is now and is in is in the future. And so I'm excited. Um, as hell to be a part of this organization. And I really look forward to building on what they've, uh, what they've built here so far. And, uh, I'm really looking forward to, to the future. He's an admirable dude, an admirable dude. He is easy to root for. I'm going to miss seeing him catch for the Reds, but we knew that this was coming. This was an inevitable thing. This was something that with the continued development of Tyler Stevenson, it was very obvious that the Reds were going to move on from Tucker Barnhart, but it still kind of stings a little bit because he was so much fun to root for so easy to relate to as a player. And it was interesting because I was looking at fan graphs to kind of encapsulate the career of Tucker Barnhart as a Cincinnati red and fan graphs has this ability in this calculation where they calculate the value in dollars. So the value in like salary dollars that each year, a guy performs. So, so how much money he should have been worth as opposed to how much he actually made during his tenure in Cincinnati, he made a shade over $16 million and 16 and change. According to fan graphs, their calculations say that he was worth $34 million during his time here. And this past year, like I mentioned was his best one yet. So him saying that the best version of Tucker Barnhart is now and in the future, I don't think that that's just him doing some rah-rah stuff for himself. I think he's got a point there. So I'm definitely going to continue to watch Tucker Barnhart, but I'm very excited for him to see him be catcher one and, and preside over a very young pitching staff up in Detroit that has a lot of exciting young arms. And that's where the happiness for this trade ends, because now we're going to talk about Nick crawl. We're going to talk about what he said, and we're going to talk about why he totally took any bit of optimism you can have about this trade and obliterated it. That's coming up here in just a minute. Before we talk about that, though, I want to tell you about betonline.ag. Betonline.ag has a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code locked on to receive that bonus from basketball, football, uh, the world series is over, but there's great, uh, off season 
prop lines you can check out for baseball, the NHL, UFC, and boxing right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports, and it's the only online sportsbook that I, your pal, Jeff, trusts betonline.ag go there today set up your profile use the promo code locked on to get a 50 percent welcome bonus because betonline.ag is where the game starts nick cross spoke with cincinnati media after the trade to kind of clear some things up to explain some stuff as to what happened and why this trade went down and all this other stuff and as Nick crawl has been wont to do whenever he gets in front of a microphone, more questions are created. He brought to light the process of the, uh, trade and, and, and how it started and how it ended and all this other stuff. And the fact that it didn't really encompass a great amount of time, not that long, uh, probably about a week. We, um, you know, we, we, we talked, we, you know, we canvassed the league to see, uh, where the interest was and, and, uh, you know, they were the, uh, they were the fit and we've talked to them for probably the last, uh, week or so about the, about this. Now, sure. The team has to make a decision on his option fairly quickly. And this was a move to avoid either financial repercussion of picking up the seven and a half million dollar option or declining the option and still paying him $500,000. That's what the contract stipulated, but it feels like this could have gone a different way. It feels like this could have been something where maybe they pick up the option and they're able to shop him a little bit more. They can kind of set a timeline and they can see who's interested because let's be honest, it's literally less than 24 hours after the world series who knows exactly what they need right now. And, and I'm sure some teams have a general feeling of it, but who knows what they're ready to part with. I, I think it was just very, very quick. Then because of the way they talked about resources in the press release, his answer to a follow-up question by Mark Sheldon on whether this was a sign of things to come took any positive you can think of from this trade and completely obliterated it with this explanation. Yeah, I think, you know, for us, we just have to make sure that, that our resources and, and our payroll are, are, are aligned and, and, and they weren't with this move. And, um, you know, I think that's something we're uh, moving forward. We're going to have to take it one move at a time and, and, uh, and, and see where that goes. The press release could have said this was a move to get Tyler Stevenson more playing time. We thank Tucker for all he's done for this franchise. Instead, it made sure to highlight the fact that finances played the biggest role. And then crawl doubles down and says the quintessential, if we don't say rebuild, then it's not a rebuild phrasings. Take it one move at a time, realign or restructure all this other stuff. This, oh, this is, ooh, this is annoying. And after stating, we're still working through that to the question of, do you have a budget? And is it competitive from C Trent? Nick crawl then says this about the backup catcher situation. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, with Tyler, he's, he definitely has a chance to, uh, he's, he's going to be the regular catcher. Um, he showed this year that he has the ability to take that. He's did a great job uh, offensively, uh, but also leading the pitching staff. Um, and, you know, we feel that he's going to be grow nicely into this role. Um, as a backup catcher, you, you always, you know, we know every year that we use more than one catcher. 
Um, it's something where uh, Mark Colesbury is on the roster uh, at the moment, but um, you know, we obviously like to get somebody else uh, that can at least compliment, uh, compliment somebody, uh, compliment Tyler on the, on the roster and, and uh, uh, that can, that can play in the major leagues. So item number 1,125,364 that Jeff was wrong about, uh, it's not going to be Mark Colesbury as the backup catcher, at least not for the first part of the year and probably for most of the year, if not all of the year. That The statement there at the end, somebody who can play in the major leagues, obviously not talking about Mark Colesbury. Paging Ryan LaVarnway, kind of like I mentioned with uh, Scott Bentley yesterday on the podcast, but uh, they're going to make a search. And when it comes to the backup catcher, we'll dive into options on tomorrow's podcast. I'm going to talk about that too much here right now. After talking a bit about what he likes in Nick Quintana, Crawl gives a very familiar answer to how aggressive will the Reds be in free agency. And familiar as in before Dick Williams got here. I think we're going to just have to, it's going to be more of a wait and see, but um, I don't think that we're not going to sign players on, on the free agent market. I think it's something where, you know, we just, this, this move did not uh, make sense from where we were with payroll. And um, we had to make sure that we uh, uh, made the adjustment. Make the adjustment. Ay, ay, ay. We'll wait and see. Sounds like my parents. When I was a kid asking if I could get some graders after being good in church. That gets followed up with this inspiring answer about whether Wade Miley's option will be treated differently than this option for Tucker Barnhart. I think it's a similar pro- thought process as you work through it is, is you know, who do you have? Um, how, how, how can it work? And, and, uh, we're still working down that road. Similar thought process, still working on that. that. That's the thing. Okay. This trade materialized so quickly and they did it so very fast after the world series, most team options and player options and things like that. There's like a five day window, I believe after the world series in which the options need to either be picked up or declined. So there's only a couple of days left to figure out what you're doing with Wade Miley. But the fact that he said, I don't think that it's a different thought process <sighs> and the whole restructuring of finances. I, I need a break. <sighs> I mean, it's five o'clock somewhere, right? Sheesh. All right. Let, let's sum this all up. Um, good for Tucker. Glad to see that his career will continue as a main catcher. Somebody who will be the focal point from behind the plate for the tigers, a guy that I'm going to root for, for the rest of his career. He will always be one of my favorites. He will always be one of my favorite reds. I, I found it weird. That was something that I found out whenever we were talking at the end of the regular season, were these the last games that we were seeing Tucker Barnhart in a Reds uniform? And I found it strange that there were people that were pushing back and saying, well, good riddance. Can't wait to see him gone. Who on earth believed that Tucker Barnhart needed to go? That wasn't something where I was like, okay, I want him gone. It was something where I was like, okay, objectively, I understand he's got to go. 
I understand that. But these were people that were responding and, and maybe I'm just, maybe I shouldn't be basing this off of things that I saw on Twitter, but they were responding in kind of like good riddance. We don't like this guy. Get him out of here. Yeah. I, I don't know why I did that voice, but yeah, that's basically what I was getting from that. I was, how do you not like Tucker Barnhart? I love the guy. Can't, can't wait to see him succeed because he deserves it in his career. He's had a fantastic career as a Cincinnati red and he deserves all success in the world. As for those of us that are back here in Cincinnati, fans, players alike, and coaches and managers, David Bell gets that extension, right? So he's going to be around here for a little while longer. What is he going to be managing? Nick crawl is making this sound as though the reds are getting ready to tear down. And it's funny because I got a text from a friend that said that this team has been rebuilding for 30 years. Yeah. Rebuilding means that at one point they were built. And yes, that point was 30 years ago. So maybe this has been like a 30 year teardown, 31 year teardown. We're going into year 32 tomorrow or not tomorrow, but in a couple of, couple of weeks, whatever you, you get it. I'm, I'm flustered, but this team has had so little success since they won the world series. When I was a baby in diapers that there are so many people that have watched the reds and they have not seen any amount of success. Think about all the Reds fans that have been born after 1995. That was the last time they advanced in the playoffs. And I get it. There's a different manner of, uh, of assessing success in a baseball season that is so long and the, and the postseason is exclusive. And I'm not advocating for an expanded postseason, not by any stretch of the imagination. I like it where it is. It rewards the regular season, which is the biggest marathon in any sport professionally in this country. But at the same time, if you're going to continue to feed me, and and I'm talking to the ownership of the Cincinnati Reds right now, but if you're going to sit here and continue to feed me a team that is financially conscious, we're going to win if it fits within the budget then that is super annoying. And that is why you are running fans off in droves. That is why there are people who are talking and people who have already done so of canceling their season tickets. Now, look, I I will admit you got me. All right. I'm addicted. I'm not going to leave the Cincinnati Reds. I'm always going to be a fan of this team. And I will be a fan long after this current ownership group changes into something else. And someone else owns this team. But for the love of Pete, for the love of Johnny, of Joe Morgan, for the love of the legends of this franchise, Barry, the guy sitting in the booth calling games every day, give a darn about winning. Stop telling me about your finances. Stop telling me about your budgets. This is a franchise that operates within a professional sports organization that does not currently have a salary cap. Now that might change with the CBA that that might change. I don't know. That's, that's going to be interesting to see because the players vehemently oppose any type of salary cap. So that might not be something that we see, but currently you don't have a ceiling on how much you can spend. 
Look at the Los Angeles Dodgers. I'm sure that's a totally different situation. The TV contract, I know. I get it. They're making a lot more money. But they shun the, the, the luxury tax. They're getting taxed out the wazoo. They got tax dollars coming out their ears. And you can bet that they're going to be buyers this offseason. Look at teams like the Braves, who were out of their division race. I mean, they were, they were in it because the division was terrible, but they weren't in a position where you're like, this team can make the playoffs. And they bought, and they traded, and they got guys. And they built a team that won the World Series without its best player. Had the Reds lost Joey Votto this year, would they have torn down? Would they have traded Nick Castellanos at the deadline? Would they have traded guys at the deadline to try and get minor league pieces for the future? That's probably more likely to happen than what the Braves did. I mean, you're reading articles on ESPN.com about how Alex Anthopoulos was like, I'm getting calls from other teams that are expecting us to sell, and I'm saying, we're not selling, we're adding. We're going for it. Can you say this about this Reds franchise? Because I can't. And I'm wondering what this offseason is going to bring. Because I don't want to be sitting here on opening day saying, boy, oh boy, gosh, golly gee, isn't it great that baseball's back? And then in July, talking about next year. But it feels like they are setting us up for that. And I hate that. But what's most likely to happen based on what they've said? They told us last year they were getting a shortstop. They didn't. They told us they were going to fix the bullpen. They didn't. They told us they were going to repurpose, reallocate, re-something. The money that they quote-unquote saved by trading off Rysel Iglesias and non-tendering Archie Bradley. They didn't spend a dime of that. So here we are now hearing about wait and see one move at a time, uh, reallocate the budget refit. We gotta, we gotta restructure. We gotta, gotta fix this. Didn't make sense for us. This one move didn't make sense for the budget, the budget, the budget, the budget, the budget. What about runs or about wins? That's what I care about. Why don't you? All right, we'll talk about some more. Uh, we'll be happier tomorrow on uh, the podcast, I promise you. We'll talk about some possible backup catcher options, and we'll we'll look at what the lineup might look like. We'll, we'll look at some other stuff, and maybe we'll do some throwback stuff. That, obviously, it'll be Friday, so it'll be flashback Friday instead of throwback Thursday, but whatever. We'll, we'll try and be happier tomorrow, I promise, on the Locked on Reds podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen today. Make sure you make your second listen Locked on MLB as Sully is covering this offseason as we head into a CBA fight between the players and the owners covering it each and every day. That's the Locked on MLB podcast just like Locked on Reds, free and available wherever you get your podcast. This is not your only version. I will have a YouTube version out later today that will have a much bigger part of the Nick crawl interview and some other elements to it. That is a little bit different here than the audio side. So you're not going to miss that on the lockdown reds, YouTube page. But for now, if you're not following the podcast on your favorite podcasting app, hit that follow button. And I'll talk to each and every one of you tomorrow.
Hey Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.